Hey, Crossview Church online and beyond, we're so excited to be with you today. I'm, I'm Jed, and I'm the pastor of Group Life, and it's my joy to get to be the announcement guy today. So, man, I'm loving my time to be with you. I'm even excited to announce to you this week, we are going to be moving indoors September 13th. Now, it's tentative because COVID-19, but we're going to be moving from outdoor services to indoor. So watching online, hey, and you've been waiting to gather inside, hey, come and join us. Also, we have a Tuesday prayer meeting at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live. You can join us, anybody and everybody. We're going to do it weekly. Pastor Dan kicked us off last week, and we're excited to continue that. Apex Youth, you're getting together, and you're going this time to Devil's Lake. It's exciting. Wednesday the 19th, you do not want to miss out. In our local outreach, of course, this week the highlight is Three Bridges Recovery. So we're highlighting one each week throughout this summer, and they are a highlight. You can see more information on our website or on our Church Center app. Next week, if you come in person to our outdoor service, you get to be able to be generous and give toward our Wisconsin Rapid Schools. This is really cool. We want to come alongside teachers, administrators during this crazy season, and we want to hook them up with hand sanitizer, kids' face masks, Amazon gift cards. We just, we just want to love them ultimately by praying for them and supporting them with encouragement. So, hey, you can check out all of our announcements on our website or the Church Center app. Hey, have a great day. It is so great to have you with us today. We have so much to praise our God for, and we hope that you'll join our hearts in doing just that today. We want to get started with uh, a review of a kid song that we did together a few weeks back, and uh, Hannah... Uh, my daughter and our camp song motion expert uh, is going to help us with that. So uh, let's try singing Happy Day together. Ready? One, two, three, four. The greatest day in history Jesus, you are mine. 
Nice. Thanks for dancing along, kids. Appreciate you so much worshiping with us. So this is for everybody, everybody watching. Christian, you have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Regardless of all that goes on around us, in Jesus, we have hope now and for all eternity. We have reason for praise in any and every circumstance. And so our scripture reading for today is Psalm 66, verses 1 through 4. And Pastor Dan will be preaching from later parts of this chapter uh, in a little while. But it reads this way. Let the whole earth shout joyfully to God. Sing about the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. The whole earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. So let's sing and rejoice in the love and grace of our Lord Jesus, praising him for forgiveness of sin and the certain hope of eternal life.
to us through Jesus and we cry out thank you we thank you for this opportunity to live in relationship with you God Father thank you for sending the son that we could know forgiveness that we could have our sin erased that we could go free and know real and eternal rescue and so God we come today recognizing that even if things in our world are really difficult all around us, our greatest need for forgiveness of sin and for that eternal hope has been fully met in our Savior, Jesus. And so we come and we say thank you and we praise your name, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done for us. We give you all the honor and glory and praise today. It's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, Crossview Church and those who are watching us by video, we're glad you are here with us. I want to start off today by telling a joke. It's a good central Wisconsin joke because it involves two hunters. So there's two deer hunters and they're out walking their uh, path and they're in the middle of this field and uh, all of a sudden they came across this huge hole in the ground. It was like 10 foot by 10 foot, and it went way down. And they said, whoa, what happened here? And they looked down this hole, and they couldn't even see the bottom. So they took a rock, and they threw it down the hole, and they're waiting to hear, and there's nothing. It just seemed to go forever. They said, this is unbelievable. I go, what in the world is this? And so they, they were looking around, and they saw this old rusty anvil, kind of like in the woods. And they said, hey, let's throw that down and see if we can hear that. So they grabbed this big, huge anvil, and they lifted it up, and they whew, threw it down this hole, and whew, it went down, and they never heard it hit the bottom. I'm like, man. And then they're standing there kind of looking at each other, trying to figure out what this is, and all of a sudden this goat comes by. This goat's like running really quick and all of a sudden it looks at both of them and jumps right into the hole and goes down. (whistles) Nothing. They said, man, what kind of hole is this? And they're standing there looking at this and all of a sudden this guy who owns the land, this farmer comes walking up and he says, hey guys, have you happened to see a goat come running around here? And they said, no, we just saw this hole. Like, what's this hole? He's like, oh, yeah, but I'll get to that in a minute. But have you seen my, a, a goat? They said, no. Well, we saw a goat, but it, it came running. And then this goat just jumped right down the middle of this hole. And they said, the farmer said, oh, that can't be my goat because my goat was chained to this big anvil I had over in the corner. The, the, the point of that joke is, and I hope you're laughing at home, the point of that joke is, We have to be careful what we attach our lives to. We have to be careful what we attach our lives to. And I think some of us, 
and probably many of us in some way, shape, or form attach our lives to this idea of Christianity that when things are going well, I can praise God and give him worship and enter fully into my relationship with God. But when things are not going well and things are going bad, then I don't praise him. Or I think there's something that I did wrong, so God is punishing me. Or we, we base our Christianity in how we praise God over the circumstances that are happening to our life. Things are going great, God is to be worshipped. Things are going not so well, then I either stop worshipping or I even get angry because things aren't going well. And that isn't a biblical form of Christianity. And what I want to do is today uh, in our passage, um, that could become our default, but praising God only when we feel like it. But today's passage challenges that. And today's passage brings us a really, really important question. And that is this, how do we praise God when life is difficult? How do we praise God when life is difficult? We're beginning a new series here at Crossview Church called Who We Are. And we're looking at kind of who we are as Crossview Church and who we are as the people of God. And the first thing I want to lead off with today is that we are people of hope. And that hope comes no matter what we face. And so this verse we're going to look at is going to help us. So I encourage you to open your Bible to Psalm 66. And if you have the Church Center app, I'd encourage you to turn there because if you go there, you'll see the sermon notes as well as the text. But if you have a paper Bible, that's great. Psalm 66. Psalms is kind of right in the middle. Big book. Don't let the P fool you. It's P-S-A-L-M is how you spell it. And so go to number 66 and we're going to be camping out in this psalm today. And I think it's going to be a great, great time uh, to encourage us when we really need it. Psalm 66, it says this. We're going to read the entire thing. It says, Let the whole earth shout joyfully to God. Sing about the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God how awe-inspiring are your works. Your enemies will cringe before you because of your great strength. The whole earth will worship you and sing praise to you. They will sing praise to your name. Come and see the wonders of God. His acts for humanity are awe-inspiring. He turned the sea into dry land and they crossed the river on foot. There we rejoiced in him. He rules forever by his might. He keeps his eye on the nations. The rebellious should not exalt themselves. Bless our God, you peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. He keeps us alive and does not allow our feet to slip. For you, God, tested us. You refined us as silver is refined. You lured us into a trap. You placed burdens on our backs. You let men ride over our heads. We went through fire and water, but you brought us out to abundance. I will enter your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows that my lips promised and my mouth spoke during my distress. I will offer you fat and sheep as burnt offerings and with the fragrant smoke of rams. I will sacrifice bulls with goats. Come and listen, all who fear God. And I will tell what he has done for me. I cried out to him with my mouth and praise was on my tongue. If I had been aware of malice in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. However, God has listened. He has paid attention to the sound of my prayer. Blessed be God, he has not turned away my prayer or turned his faithful love from me. 
in this psalm, we see both praise and pain. We see both, both hope and hardship. We see these things living together, and it causes us to ask the question, is it possible to praise in the midst of grief? Is it possible to praise in the midst of really difficult times? How can we have hope when things seem so hard? Because we see both things happening here with this psalm that the psalmist wrote. Look at verses 10 to 13 again. It says, For God, you tested us. God leads us into times of testing that are difficult and hard. It says, For God, you tested us. You refined us as silver is refined. You put us in this fire. Then he says, You lured us into a trap. You placed burdens on our backs. This is like really tough poetic language about what it felt like for God to lead this person through a very difficult time. You let men ride over our heads and we went through fire and water and you brought us out to abundance. That word abundance in the literal Hebrew language literally means you led us into a place where everything overflowed. You led us into a place of saturation. You led us into abundance. You took us out of that difficulty and brought us into this great, amazing place. And then if you look at verse 13, what does the psalmist do? I will enter your house with burnt offerings. He begins to worship. He worships. This psalmist has both praise and pain. And actually, it looks like the pain led him into praise. That is something that's pretty foreign to us especially in our culture. We need to learn that we have to have both of these things because in this life, it seems like the bad news just keeps on coming, doesn't it? 2020 has been an excruciating year for many of us and for some even to greater degrees than we could ever imagine. Since January, like some of you, I'm sure you have the same story, but as I think about it, since January, I was writing this out, and I've talked with people personally who've experienced such amazing degrees of grief and loss since January to now. Deaths from cancer, deaths from suicide, divorce, depression, losing a job, bankruptcy, abuse. I've talked to someone close to me who went through uh, having the coronavirus. I've talked to a of families who've lost loved ones because of the coronavirus, it's been a really difficult time. And I think all of us, even not just the physical things that can happen, but the emotional, mental weight that we've been carrying during this time, it's just been a tough, tough year. As one pastor put it, many events are canceled, but the pain seems to continue on and on and on. And I think that's something that we both, all of us can resonate with. So as Christians, we need to know this reality of pain and praise and doing them both together because that's the reality of the Christian life. It's not that God is good when we're going through good times and he's bad when we're going through painful times. It's God is always good and he brings us through times of pain and hardship for our well-being, though we don't understand it. And we need to get to a place where In our lives, pain and praise can exist together. And we're going to find out how we do that. Look at verse 8. It says, Bless our God, you peoples. Let the sound of his praise be heard. And then you ask, why? 
Why should the sound of our praise be heard? Why should we bless God? In verse 9 he says, because he keeps us alive and does not let our feet slip. The psalmist says, God, you have led us through some very, very difficult places, but you have never, ever abandoned us, not once. And you may be saying, what about friends of ours who've experienced a loved one dying? If that loved one knew Christ, even death, God is able to conquer. And death for a believer brings them into the presence of God where they experience more joy than they'll ever experience in all the joys accumulated on earth. See, even with God, even in death, you can never, ever lose. It says in here that God, you have tested us. You allowed us to experience pain. And the Bible is very clear. We're going to experience pain as a believer, as a follower of Jesus Christ. That is everywhere in Scripture. But through it all, God is always there to bring us to that place, as it says in verse 12 at the bottom, to an abundance, to an overflowing of God's grace and goodness. God meets us in the trials. He meets us in those places when we invite him in. There's an amazing woman of God in my life. It's my mom. And I look at her faith. I look at her walk with God. And it just, um, I'm just amazed by it and her faithfulness. And, and one of the things I always remember my mom saying when I'm feeling down or when I'm in a difficult place or there's something, it's almost like this standard phrase that came out of her mouth. And it was always, well, bring that to the Lord. Bring that to the Lord. Bring that to the Lord. And I think that's what the picture of what this psalmist is doing. When we have the difficult times, when we have the painful times, when we have the times that we see and it feels like there's no hope, we need to bring that to the Lord. We need to say, God, will you come and enter into that pain? And I will praise you because of who you are. So the question is, how do we have praise and pain at the same time. Now I want to dive into the answer because this psalm does give us the answer. The writer of this psalm shows us how to do that, how to, have, how to live in a place where pain and praise can exist at the same time. The first one is that we worship in the midst of trials. We worship in the midst of trials. If you look at verses 13 to 15, it says again, I will enter your house with burnt offerings. I will pay my vows that my lips promised and my mouth spoke during my distress. God, if you get me out of this, I'll worship you. That's kind of what he's saying here. And I will offer you fat and sheep as burnt offerings with the fragrant smoke of rams. I will sacrifice bulls with goats. I know that's awkward language here, but basically what he's saying is, I will worship you with everything I have. I will declare your goodness. I will worship you in the midst of this with all that I have. One of the ways we respond in difficulty is we remember who God is and what he has done and we allow that truth to lead us to a place of worship. We remember who God is and what he has done and we allow that truth to lead us to a place of worship. New York Times columnist David Brooks wrote this, People who have suffered almost always have a new sense of call in their lives. They want to turn the suffering into a holiness, to create a foundation, to transform their lives. Then he says this, People don't heal from suffering, they come out changed. People don't heal from suffering, they come out changed. And that is so true for the follower of Jesus Christ. The doorway of being transformed in suffering is to give God 
praise in the midst of a difficult time. When you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you feel like you can't go on, it's in that time that maybe you should take out your phone and begin to play some worship music in one of the many apps that provide it. To be in an atmosphere where you're hearing and listening to the God of the universe being praised and you're brought into his presence, even though you feel like garbage, even though you feel broken, even though you feel nothing but pain, to be in God's presence can get you to a place where all of a sudden you can enter into that worship even though your life is a mess. See, that's true Christianity. That inspires hope. So the first thing we do is we worship in the midst of trial. The second thing we do is that we declare God's faithfulness. We declare God's faithfulness. Look at verses 16 and 17. Come and listen, all who fear God, and I will tell you what he has done for me. He's saying, you led us to this painful time. I'm going through this pain. And then he pauses and he said, come and listen, all who fear God, all who care about what God thinks, come and listen and let me tell you what he did for me. I'm going to declare his faithfulness. Look at verse 20. Blessed be God, he has not turned away my prayer or turned his faithful love from me. In the midst of the trial, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the hardship, he is saying, come and listen to all the things God has done for me and let me tell you what he has done and what he is like. When we praise and declare and find our hope in God, it brings us closer to him and the vision of hope becomes reality. We tend to put hardship and hope against each other. They can't live in the same place. You either have hardship or you have hope. That's what we feel like. Pain and praise don't belong together. That's our our knee-jerk human reaction. But maybe that's part of the problem. That in our minds we put those things at odds. To always see hope as the absence of pain may not be accurate. Now obviously when we get to heaven and we have our eternal hope, there will be no pain. So yes, that's fine. But what I'm talking about is here on earth, we have this idea that if you feel good, then you can be hopeful. If you don't feel good, then you can't have hope. Or you can, it's depressing or it's dark. But what if hope is born out of hardship? Because that's what I see here. I see hope being born out of hardship as the psalmist worships in his difficult times and declares all that God has done for him. And he takes notice. You see, hope for a Christian is a noun, it's not a verb. Hope for a Christian is when we get to heaven, we will experience the joy of all joys. We will experience soul satisfaction like we never have. It will happen. You can guarantee it's a hope, a noun we can lock onto. It's not a verb like, boy, we're really hoping this will happen. Hope for a Christian is a noun, not a verb. Or as one theologian defined it, to be oriented toward a future with a confident, patient expectation. To be oriented toward a future with a confident, patient expectation. That sounds amazing, right? So how do we get that? Psalmist says in two ways. Through worship and declaring the faithfulness of God. Through worship and declaring the faithfulness of God. When we praise him in the midst of a trial, 
when we declare his faithfulness in hard times, we are making a statement that we will not be consumed by the difficulties in our life. Why? Because he is God. We're not going to be consumed by these difficulties because he is God. Praise keeps us oriented to truth. Praise keeps us oriented towards our future as Christians, our future where we will spend eternity. And this psalm invites us to praise God and to declare his faithfulness even in the midst of the suffering and the hardship and the difficult times. We don't have to wait until things get better to worship God. We can worship God right now even when we don't feel like it, even when we're feeling at our worst, even when we're at the most difficult point. You see, I love the fact that the Bible is so real and God is so real and he's not fake. And nowhere in here does it say that praising will make all the suffering go away. Nowhere in here does it say to do these things, all your pain will end. It doesn't gloss over it with a fakeness that isn't real. This isn't saying worship and pretend like it doesn't hurt. This is saying at times we have to battle for our hope. And the way we battle for our hope is by giving your life and surrendering to God and worshiping him and declaring and naming all the amazing things he has done for you. My hope and my prayer is that you and all of us at Crossview Church would be a people of hope that stand for hope because when difficult times come, we praise God in the midst of it. And we remember how faithful he is to us. When life is hard, I pray that our knee-jerk reaction is worship and to declare his faithfulness, confirming that he will restore all things. You see, his faithfulness is what led Jesus Christ to a cross where he paid the price for our sin, where he rose from the dead with the ultimate promise that he'll restore all things back to the way God intended. So I want to invite you to do two things in light of this. First of all, I encourage you, if you want to grow in this whole idea of praise in the midst of pain, to do a devotion that we have in our Version app that we'll do, I invite you to join all of us as Crossview Church to do this this week. Uh, it's called From Panic to Praise. And it's a five-day devotion that goes through the Psalms where we ask God, help us to learn this skill of praising in the midst of difficulty and hard times. But the second thing I want to invite you to is to take time this week, maybe even today, and Picture yourself in the midst of Psalm 66, verse 16, where it says, Come and listen. All who fear God or all who hold God in high regard, come and listen, and I will tell you what God has done for me. I'm going to encourage you to tonight or sometime this week to spend some time alone and have a fake conversation perhaps with another person. Picture another person in front of you and what would you tell them about all the things that God has done for you? If you were going to do what this psalmist said, if you were going to be just like the psalmist and say, come in here, let me, come and listen, let me tell you all the things God has done for me. What are the things that you would say? What were, are the things that you would list? Maybe you should even do that. You get a friend and say, hey, let me tell you about 
all the things God did for me, and maybe your friend can share all the things that God did for him. Wouldn't that be amazing if people all over Crossview Church this week got together for coffee or on Zoom or wherever and said, hey, let's talk about all the amazing things God has done for us in our lifetime. Even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of hardship. That would be a radical transformation of our heart. How do you praise God when life is difficult? You worship in the midst of the difficulties and you declare God's faithfulness by knowing and remembering all that he has done. Let's pray. Father, we live in a culture that is so anti what we just read, where everything is based off the moment, everything's based off what we feel, everything's based off what we want. God, would you broaden our picture of what it's really like? Give us a biblical picture that we see in Psalm 66, that we can live a life of praise in the midst of pain, that we can live a life of hope in the midst of hardship that we can live a life of trusting you no matter what tests come our way. So God, we invite you into our lives, into these areas where we may be bought into these lies that says, I have to feel good all the time and I have to have comfort and I have to have my way. And God, will you come and, and give us a bigger vision? We yield our hearts before you now. And I ask that you would, Use your word and your spirit to transform us that we would become people who can stand for our hope that you've given. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands his feet my Savior on that cursed tree body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in Joseph's tomb the entrance by heavy stone Messiah still and all The Son of Heaven rose 
leaves of white The blazing sun Shall pierce the night And I will rise Among the saints My gaze transfixed On Jesus' face Take this blessing on your week that the God who does not turn away your prayer, the God who does not turn away his faithful love, may he fill you with his presence and his peace and his power that you may worship him and declare who he is and in that process expand the vision of your eternal hope. In the name of Jesus, amen.